Grab your forks and get ready for a double helping. This week starts part one of two on our Sabbath Entree series. Dave, Kevin, and Fred start the first course with their own experiences surrounding the biblical Sabbath. If you have any questions, feel free to contact us at theholtestament at gmail.com. I personally have been keeping the Sabbath as I understand it today. Right. Um, you know, it's a little, it's different than maybe what I was, I wasn't aware of it. So I went on a trip to Israel and um, on one of the trips to Israel, Friday night was, is the Sabbath, the is, is what Israel recognizes as Sabbath. Okay. Right. Um, and I would also add what the Bible recognizes as Sabbath, Friday night sunset to Saturday night sunset. So we're there, and normally when you're on a tour over there, you're just going all out every day. You get, we're there, you're there for ten days, and to lose a day or two, um, if you have two Sabbaths in those days, is a big deal. So most people don't take it. But our tour guide was um, felt heavily called that he should not be doing a tour. So we swam in the Sea of Galilee, laid out on the beach with all the other locals that were just Shabbating, Sabbath. Cool. Shabbat, that's a Hebrew word for Sabbath. So I will say Shabbat. So we're just hanging out and it was pretty amazing. And I thought, wow, that was fun. We kind of sat together, did some Bible study and talked, whatever. And and then we went on with our tour the next day. Um, Not very long after that, I was back in... Decatur, Illinois, where I live, and our garbage would come on Saturday mornings, and so I was dragging my garbage out to the street Friday night, and it happened to be like a full moon. It was a clear sky. It was a little brisk, probably sometime in October, and I just felt like God say, you need to be keeping the Sabbath, because mm-hmm. I'm dragging my garbage cans out there, which is, you know, can be considered work, which we'll get to. Hopefully, that'll be a question that's asked. Um, and it was just a heavy presence. So, Kevin, yes. what about you? Yeah, so we've been trying to, I loved what you said earlier about to the best of your understanding. So, the, to the best of my understanding at this point, I think we've been really trying to dig into what that looks like and observe it for probably the last two years, two and a half years. And just to be very intentional, and it's it's kind of funny because uh, we have one uh, child that's still at home. She's uh, fifteen, and uh, if we're super busy, she'll be like, "I just cannot wait for Sabbath." Yeah. So it's kind of funny how that once you understand it and you get that rest, you just really start to embrace it. Right. And that's it's a profound thing. So I I hope people really take this this podcast to heart because I think this is something that God is calling more of his people to. So. All right, Frederick. So I'm essentially the new one in the group where I, I mean, I grew up in church, but my understanding of Sabbath was you get up Sunday morning, you go to church, that's Sabbath. Yeah. And not fully really understanding what it means, even though I read about it, it's one of the 10 commandments, right? Yes, mm-hmm. so, correct. Right. <laughs> it's one of the big 10. Yeah, yeah, one of the big 10. Yes. But I never fully understood what that really meant until I met Dave and we started having conversations about it. And now we're kind of in this small group together. Not kind of, we're in a small group together. <laughs> and we're talking about all these things. And it's really, I mean, you really mess with me about what I was used to growing up in, in a Christian Christian home. Most people these days who are genuine followers of Jesus um, do not understand the actual biblical uh, instructions and uh, what the biblical Sabbath is and because it has been like removed from its original context sure. by 
things that happened in church history that are that happened post writing of the New Testament, and so we're just not aware of it. So it's not a judgment on anybody, right? That are that are. It doesn't make you less of a follower of Jesus if you don't have the, an understanding of the biblical Sabbath. But it is eye opening once you start to dig into what the text says about what Sabbath is and then what we've created it to be in our, you know, not, not paying attention to the old Testament, new Testament right. ways. Right. right. Our Western Christianity 2022. Yeah. 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 And so that's, I mean, that's really the reason why we're doing these podcasts is because you can read these passages. You can read over this. We can be like, yeah, I believe in 10 commandments and not realize because our eyes just aren't haven't been clearly opened to see the context, and so we just totally don't even realize. You just, yeah, I keep all the Ten Commandments. Yeah, we keep the Sabbath day. We just, but we don't spend the time to really discover what that really means because we think we already know because we've been told this is what it is. Well, I think something interesting is also happening in in culture now. Is in the circles that I run around in, I hear more people talking about Sabbath. What, and not everybody says this, but what I hear though is people would call it Sabbath principle versus Sabbath. Sabbath. Right. What it is. Personally, I think we as a culture like Sabbath principles because actual Sabbath requires something from us. Sacrifice. It requires a life. It requires a lifestyle change in order to to actually keep what the Sabbath is asked, what God has asked of us in mm-hmm. Sabbath, and that's too difficult. So we want to absorb the principles in our lives because we know that we need them. We're wired for that. We're wired for the Sabbath. And like Kevin said, you know, your daughter's saying, "Hey, when is yeah. it?" Once you start to grasp it, oh man, the beauty of Sabbath is like something. Like personally, for me. If I would never in a, ever go back and and change from keeping the Sabbath, I would never sacrifice that ever. It's so significant and so important, and and yet I can still right. give give more into it. And and when we, the more you put in, the more you receive. The right. more you observe, the more you intentional you become on keeping it, the more blessing there is. So an encouragement to anybody who's listening that has no idea what we're talking about. And as we get through, go through these questions, we'll begin to learn more um, is just anything you can do to move in the direction of Sabbath will bring about blessing. Um, And the, the further you move is just the more, blessed you are because it's the way God designed things. So the closer we get to his design, the more we benefit from it, the more blessing we receive. So Right. And that's so true. I think that's well said. Well, well said. Come and rest your head Your time is an ocean Genesis 2, 1-3 says, this is out of the ESV, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy, because on it God rested from all his work that he had done in creation. And if you listened, so this is what we're calling the meal podcast. It's a little more involved. There's more discussion. Uh, it's going to get heady. Um, if you listen to what we call the appetizer podcast on Sabbath, you will see, you will 
have remembered that the very first thing in all of Scripture that God calls holy is the seventh day. Right. It's a day. It's not his people. It's not his temple. It's not the land. It's right. the day, which lends great significance. Like, this day is holy. Right. Because up in, because before that, he said, this was created and it was good. This was created, it was good. This was created, it was good. Man and woman were created. He calls it very good, but he never says holy until he gets to yes. that day. Yeah. Yeah, it's the awesome. seventh day. Yeah. And then it says, and and so if you were to think about Sabbath as, you know, just like thinking through the thoughts of some some of our listeners or um, people who, when they first hear it, what's the first thought that comes in usually into your mind when somebody says Sabbath? Like you, one word. You, Sunday. Sunday. All right. Yeah. Or it's, it's Jewish. Oh, yeah. Jewish. Sabbath, Sabbath is a Jewish thing. That's we don't, what I equated it with. We don't do up. that anymore yeah. because we're not Jewish. Okay, That's but what, what if we're saying, well, I'm just going to take a Sabbath. I'm going to take my, a Sabbath. Rest. Rest. Okay, there we go. Right. Sorry. Let me be more leading with my questions. No, this you're good. Dave. No. Rest. So we equate rest with Sabbath. And so one of the biggest problems that we have understanding the biblical Sabbath is we have said that that word Sabbath means rest. In fact, even in this passage that I just read to you, our translators into the English have translated it that way. It says, on the seventh day, God finished all his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work he had done. So God blessed the seventh day, made it holy, because on it, God rested from all his work he had done. But now that's the, not what the Hebrew well, word Well, the means. Hebrew word there yeah. is Shabbat, Shabbat. And it's translated here, rested. So here's a question I ask my kids. Um, I ask them a bunch of kids on a bunch of questions on Friday night as we're going through the meals to kind of keep them engaged. And a lot of times when I say that, I was like, why do we keep the Sabbath? And they'll say, because God said to, or God did, because God rested on the seventh day. And then I'll ask them this question. I'm going to ask you guys, was God tired? No. No. <laughs> wow, that was good. That was good, Fred. Was God tired? Then why did he rest? No, I would say I would say that the rest is for us. He did it as an example. He was giving it as a gift to his to his creation. That's what I would say. So I would say that, that Kevin you- is wrong. <laughs> uh, no, um, I'm famous for this. Uh, this little term that I like to use. Yeah, but... Okay, so tell us. Just now to be honest, this, this understanding, the actual answer, I, these are the same kind of answers that I had, you know. No, he's not tired. He was the example. He's showing us, you know, we got to stop on the seventh day. We got to rest on it. Um, my answer to that w- changed only in the last few months. Um, as I was studying for this, I had to do a teaching at a men's retreat on the Sabbath. And as I was studying, I realized that the word Sabbath is not the word nuach. So the Hebrew word for rest mm-hmm. is nuach. The Hebrew word that is the word Sabbath, Shabbat, means- which is used, means to cease. Right. It means to cease. So, let me reread this this verse. On the seventh day, God finished his work that he is, had done, and he stopped on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So, God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, God stopped from all his work that he had done in creation. He stopped. He was not tired. He did not need rest. He stopped. He ceased, which is what he calls us to. And the problem that we have in our society is we have equated Sabbath with rest. And so we say we need rest to refresh our bodies and our minds, which we we absolutely do. But because we do that, we can say Sabbath principles. And when we say Sabbath principles, we're really talking about self-care. And like resting our body and our mind and, um, get you know, just taking a day where we're not thinking about work and all the stuff we do on a regular basis. But that's not what God says. Mm. It says he stopped. 
He ceased because this day is holy. Mm. It's good. So I think the best way I can illustrate that is to tell the story. We were, my family and I were in Colorado. We went to Breckenridge earlier, several months ago, and we were on a hike. We'd only been in, like, in the mountains for a couple days, so um, we got all the family, all the kids there, and we're hiking into the woods, and um, it was beautiful. It was amazing, and you're just going through, and all these beautiful aspen trees, and we would have to stop, though, because every you know, so, so much distance, we would have kids who would be tired or we'd be tired and we'd have to stop because our body was just exhausted because of the altitude. We weren't just, we weren't prepared for it. And we'd have to breathe and get our breath and we would rest and then we'd hike some more. And as we were hiking, we came to this clearing. So we turned the corner and there's this like clearing, there's no trees and we're right on the edge of the mountain and you can just see all the mountains in the background and the beautiful aspen trees and the sky was so blue and the clouds were so white. It was absolutely breathtaking. And we stopped and we looked. We did not stop there because we were tired. We stopped there because we came upon the beauty of God's creation in such a way that we had to stop. Hmm. We were resting as we had stopped, but that's not why we had stopped. And I think that is the difference between taking a rest and taking a Sabbath, a ceasing. God did all this creation, and then on the seventh day, He stopped to just bask in the beauty of the creation, to just... um, Mm be overwhelmed by the holiness of the day. That's what he calls us to. He's not, God isn't calling us to rest. Although if we stop, we might get rest. God is calling us to stop and see the beauty, the holiness of what it means to be in the Sabbath day. At least that's how I see it. that in our minds then so what now what other questions then does that raise about Sabbath what are some what do I have to stop doing yeah so if we're right Fred yes on this no I'm so legalistic about this point <laughs> okay he's like got that personality that needs a, a list I want uh, yeah, the list 100% I want a list my wife like, is, what can is I similar do? Yeah, which in in reality, the the majority of my conversations with people, the conversation is almost one hundred percent about what 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 is what am I allowed to do then, and what can't I do? Because that's how we think. We're such doers in this culture that that's immediately where our mind goes to. Um, So I would like to, huh? Which misses the point. I think it goes back to to the heart of what what it is you're doing like if like me i'm a i'm a list guy mm-hmm. and if i'm thinking how close to the fence can i get before actually go going over it i'm missing the point yeah you've already missed it so mm, that's good i get it yeah i get it yeah i think i think we're so wired i mean yeah. think about all of the devices i mean i know people can't see it on the podcast but all these devices that we have we're always connected we've always got something in our hands we can always scroll we can and the Lord's inviting us to just be like, just stop. My mom's 70, but when she was younger, they didn't have a Sabbath on Saturday. But on Sunday, mm-hmm. when she was growing up, everything was closed. 
I'm not that old, and that's how it was when I was Yeah, young. so, yeah, and I think part of that, that, I mean, I don't remember a lot of the memories, but I think it had to do, some of it was geographical in nature, but I think in that, though, I mean, I, I know it wasn't actually on the Sabbath, but but in the culture to just say, look, you can't even pump gasoline. What I guess what I'm getting at, though, is it's interesting that the culture has gone from that within one generation to always on, Always, always, always available. You can go buy anything. You can go do anything. That that was the point I was trying to go toward. Yeah, well, within, I was just going to say for you, you saying, I know it wasn't on the Sabbath because it was on a Sunday, which in, is a question. Oh, okay, I see what that you're getting we, at. That yeah, yeah, yeah. That when is the it's Sabbath? Like, yeah, it's yeah. a big deal. We so we've been you've been at it long enough, right? That it's not even a question to you what day of the week it oh, is. Oh, I see what you're doing. You know what you're saying? You're yeah, just yeah, you're yeah, telling yeah. your story, and you're just like, I know it wasn't on the Sabbath, but this is what they did, right? But the reason why they did that is because they believe it was Sabbath, right? So, right. and that was actually one of my questions. As a New Testament Christian, I love Jesus. I've been going to church my whole life. You introduce the concept of Sabbath, much like Fred said, it's, well, that's Sunday. You get up and you go to church and Sunday is your day of rest. Culturally in the United States, that was kind of the foundational cornerstone. Right. All right. So Dave, yes. if somebody is saying, okay, Sabbath, uh, as a person has attended church their whole life, they were taught that the Sabbath is Sunday. How would you answer that? Nowhere, I'll say this only because I've read enough scholars that will say this. Nowhere in the entirety of Scripture do we find the Sabbath day being moved from seventh day, Saturday, to the first day, Sunday. It's not in the Scriptures. So then how do we get to Sunday from Saturday? We moved it. (laughs) So does it revolve around Easter? It uh, comes into the history. It comes into play at the exact same time as Easter and Christmas. They are connected together. Because Um, if it was the first day after Sabbath, which historically we would celebrate Easter on a Sunday, Easter Sunday. Yeah. Okay, so basically um, the shorthand of it is the organized church around 300 AD, which had become overwhelmingly Gentile as opposed to Jewish. The original church in Acts 15 is the the church, the first church debate is, can Gentiles be followers of the Messiah? So it's overwhelmingly Jewish saying, what do we do with the Gentiles? By 321, give or take a few years, um, basically they come to the idea you cannot be Jewish and be a follower of the Messiah. Right. So it had completely flipped within 300 300 years. years. 300 years it's flipped completely on its head. And so their intent was to remove anything that from, from the life of the church that would appear too connected to Judaism. Mm -hmm. And so they shifted it from Saturday to Sunday. Right. So, yeah, it says, so Sunday law was ordered and enacted by Constantine during his second meeting with the Council of Church Bishops in Nicaea in 321 AD. And here's a quote. On that venerable day of the sun, the sacred day of the sun god Sunday, let the magistrates and people residing in cities rest and let all workshops be closed, given the seventh day of March, 321, Crispus and Constantine being councils of each of them for the second time. Um, so that's one council saying, we're going to start resting on Sunday. Uh, and here's um, from another one of the church councils of Laodicea in and this is a quote, Christians shall not Judaize and be idle on Sabbaton, the Sabbath, but shall work on that day. But the Lord's day, Sunday, they shall especially honor and as being Christians shall, if possible, do no work that day. If, however, they are found Judaizing, they shall be excommunicated. That's like the cliff notes, because what you're talking about, can, you can go into 
uh, pages and volumes, and you can look up the the longer discussion, right? Yeah. So, I think that's I think that's a good starting place. I mean, we'll probably have more on this uh, in the future. I know Fred had a. Unless Dave, do you want to share something? Else? Oh, I I just know. this one other quote. Yeah, yeah, that go. Just gets <laughs> yeah, go. me. Go it ahead. gets me. It is well to remind the Presbyterians, Baptists, Methodists, and all other Christians that the Bible does not support them anywhere in their observance of Sunday. Sunday is an institution of the Roman Catholic Church, and those who observe that day observe a commandment to the Roman Catholic Church. Wow. I also discovered as I was studying this in the translations, in Mark chapter 16, verse 2, it says, And very early on the first day of the week when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. So this is talking about the the women. They got up early after Jesus had been crucified and he's risen from the dead and they're going, as the sun is rising on the first day of the week, which would be Sunday, they're headed to the tomb, right? Um, And as I was studying this, I was blown away to realize that this translation is a bad translation. On the first day of the week when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. Because in the Greek, this is mm-hmm. where I got Sabbaton. In the Greek, it says, and very early on the first day from the Sabbath, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. So the New Testament writers, even the New Testament writers are numbering the days of the week based on Sabbath. That's how significant the Sabbath is and what day it is because every other day is based on that one day. Wow. And so we don't translate it that because most people aren't going to understand it. So we say very early on the first day of the week, but that word the week is the Greek sabbaton, Sabbath. On the first day of the Sabbath, from the Sabbath is when they went. So the first day after Sabbath, they went to the thing. And we just say it's the first day of the week. Right. So the weeks are labeled, the days are labeled. If you read the rabbis and stuff from the first century, it's like, Three days till Sabbath, two days till Sabbath, four days from Sabbath. Like that's how they they plan their week around Sabbath. And and as you know, and Fred, you're learning. You know, as you embrace this Sabbath thing, it changes the way you have to plan your whole week. Right. It changes it. You have to do things differently so that you can a- adequately observe can what the enter, Sabbath is. Can enter into the Sabbath. So that's a great point. So they they marked time based off of the Sabbath, three days until, yes. four days until. Yes. So they didn't have Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We, we've named days of our weeks, or our, the, the days of the week, so that we can kind of have a perspective. But they're like, look, this is day one. This yeah. is day two. This is day three, leading up to the Sabbath. Okay, so it, if, if I'm going to stop or cease on Saturday, uh-huh. What am I doing? What am I not doing? I should say. Because I, I have to, I, I know that's not the intent of it, but my brain immediately goes there. Fred is a rule guy. He has yep. to know the rules. I got my lists. He's like the kid. He's like the kid. No running at the pool, but it doesn't say you can't speed walk at the pool. You right. know, you oh, know yeah. the kid, right? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You know the kid. Well, I'm not running. I'm not running, but I am speed walking. <laughs> I'm walking so that, that's at a brisk <laughs> pace right now. Um, so the short, I'm not good at short answers. I'm just going to tell you that. Just get over it. Five hour it, podcast. it. It is what it is. Um, so the answer that I would give you is in the actual scripture. So Sabbath is a Torah principle. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. So in the Torah, which is where we get the concept of principle from God given to Moses, there are a handful of things that are listed as things that you are not to do on the Sabbath day. Um, But what happens, so what has happened is that what the Jewish fathers were really um, intentional about was saying, okay, I don't want to mess up, and so I want to make sure I get as far away from the commandment as I can, so I'm not coming up to the edge. So basically, they, they call it a fence. They put a fence up around the Torah, right? So if we were at the – I went to the Grand Canyon, and there's this, like, big lookout, and there's a fence there, and there's all these signs saying, if you cross a fence, you're going to die, and, and you choose it. When you cross this fence, you're going to die. That's just what's going to happen. It's on you. Yeah, so we're not responsible, so – 
so they said basically um, the commandments are there to keep us from death, and they don't. We don't want to be the ones who just get up as close as we possibly can to the line. And usually, the people that are asking this question, what I, what don't I have to do, are looking for that line, like I how know close, where the line's at. like how close, right? <laughs> How close can I get right. to the line right. before I fall off and die? Because I want to push those limits. I want to get up as close. And the rabbis were like, we're going to try to prevent that from happening. So we're going to put a fence up, which is like a set of laws or rules that restrict you. So if you cross this, that's like the warning track, you know, that you're getting close to falling off the edge. And over the years, they just moved it back further and further and further. So that the struggle with that answer is there is a list. Yes. Cook all your food before the Sabbath. Don't go out and gather. So don't go reap and collect like whatever it is that you your sustenance. Don't do that on the Sabbath. Don't work or make others connected to you work. Don't kindle a fire. Don't collect firewood. Don't buy or sell. Don't prepare goods for sale or sell them. Don't go your, this is a hard one. This is Isaiah 58. Do not go your own way. Seek your own pleasure or talk idly. Mm. Idly talking. Uh, so this we can't podcast on <laughs> Shabbat. This, this is, is a bunch idle of talk. idle talk. <laughs> Don't bear a burden in or out of your house. Like what does that mean? To move stuff. Like if you've got a bunch oh, of goods, burdenism. you know, like yeah, a carrier yeah, weight, right. not like be man. I've got this heavy. Can you carry burden. it inside your house? Uh, yeah. It, well, yeah. You can't bring it in or take it out. So I can move my furniture on Saturday if I want to. So uh, just, <laughs> this is great. No, I like See, it. I like if it. If we can't kindle a fire, and I have a frozen burrito in the in the freezer, but I want to eat that frozen burrito from my microwave, I can't a, put it in my microwave. No, if it's warm out, you put it on a pan. On I'm your, just messing. With I know. No, I know. <laughs> but you're messing. But these are real. I know. These I are know. real thoughts. That's what goes to my head. I know. And so here's the thing. One of the struggles that we have as who we are coming back to this ancient document of the of the New Testament is we don't realize like that there's the law Torah and then there's the law Halakha which is the Jewish rules that they've edited and they've added that there's that fence right so you could go to the Grand Canyon um, in, in this analogy and the fence would be in the parking lot and you would never actually see the Grand Canyon is what they've done. They put the fence in the parking lot and That's Jesus good. is like, you're not even getting to see the majesty and the beauty of the Sabbath because you've made it such a burden, which is why he says, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. It's for you. It's not so that you can f- do all these things to say, see, I'm keeping the Sabbath. So when, like you said, when we approach it from that list, I didn't answer your question. No, I think um, if you have specifics, then um, specific questions like, can I do this or can I do not do that? It, it look, ask God. Can I bur- microwave my burrito? You can approach God and you can say, I really want to get this right. I really want to do what you want me to do. So will you help me discern? with the power of your Holy Spirit, if this is something I should be doing or not. And God says you probably shouldn't be eating that burrito. Just for, <laughs> for health reasons alone. Right. Exactly. Like, um, like when, when I was in college and we would bless the pizza. <laughs> it's like we would say, Lord, bless this food to the nourishment of our bodies. Nope, and it's loaded with nothing in that calories and cholesterol and grease dripping yes. off of the sausage and, and pepperoni. You sausage know? and pepperoni, yeah. Well, well back, Sorry, back then, I yeah. Re- I mean, yeah. I made your yeah. very reverent points so irreverent. No, it's cool. Brain. No, it's, it's good. Right. It makes, it's, it's fun. It's all though. right. Oh, it's good. You know, and yeah. so, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, um, like we said earlier, the Sabbath is such a huge blessing. And the, the more we move into doing the best that we possibly can to understand what God's calling us to, the more blessing that we receive. So... Which was asking these questions yeah. to Which was, God. Yeah, that's great for the benefit. So that mm-hmm. the follow up, what's the benefit? So here's the whole heart of the Sabbath for me is um, who's really responsible for the blessing and and the the benefit in our lives. So it's this is the principle that the Torah teaches over and over, um, whether it's through tithing or. 
how you harvest your land. So there's like a Sabbath principle, the Sabbath principle in the land, like you plant for six years and you let the land lay fallow the seventh year. And then you repeat the process until the 50th year, which is a whole nother thing. And we look at that in our smart, um, cro- you're in crop risk services, Kevin. You deal yes. with the crops all the time, right? <laughs> I knew you were going to I know that. it says it on your shirt. shirt. <laughs> I knew that. My so, wife hates these shirts because I yeah. wear them all the time. You know? so, so as a crop risk guy, and you're trying to maximize your crops. Keep planting. Keep going. Um, keep planting. And what we're going to say is, well, science tells us that the reason why, you know, you got to let it set on the seventh year is because it's got the nutrients are terrible. And so you need to let it regain its nutrients. But we're smart enough to know you plant a, you plant a year or two of corn, then you throw some beans in the next year. Right. And then so it's using different nutrients and, and we can throw all this stuff in the soil. And so we don't have to do that it's because, because it's because we know better. Yeah. It's because Thank that's God. what it's about. Right. But what we miss, what we miss is the scriptures because the scriptures say, don't plant on the seventh year. And on the sixth year, you will harvest enough for the seventh year. And then what grows of itself in the seventh year. So if we're talking like fruit trees, you can, like I happen to be in Israel on the seventh year, the the Shemitah year is what it's called. And so the observant, there were, it was interesting to be in Israel on the seventh year and see tractors in the fields harvesting, like just Israel in direct contra- contradiction to what God has said. And they wonder why they're still getting rockets thrown at them every day. Uh, that's another topic. I should probably cut that out because that could make a lot of people mad. Um, so we're there, but in the gardens, like people's gardens, you would see rotten fruit, like just on the trees and on the ground because they, you can go eat it, but you can't harvest it. You can't take it and collect it. for, right. for So if I'm walking along, I can grab it and right. eat it. Yep. So the, the scripture says that on the sixth year, it's going to provide more than enough for the sixth and the seventh. Then what grows of itself on the seventh will take you into the eighth. And it's at the end of the eighth year that you actually get to harvest again. So... If the science works out, the sixth year would be the most insignificant harvest as opposed to a triple harvest, which will lead us through to the eighth year. Mm. So what is basically saying, the principle that God is teaching is it's, it's not about you. It's not about what you, how much you work. It's not about how much you can give, how much you can collect, how much you can gain for yourself. It's about how obedient you are to me because everything you have is mine. Everything you have is mine and I've given it to you. And one of the biggest struggles that we have with the Sabbath is like, there's so much we need to be doing. We need to be taking hold of for ourselves, for our benefit. Like I'm self-employed and I could work every Saturday and I could make so much more money. But in reality, I would make less money right? if I worked on Saturday because me working on Saturday means I'm the one responsible for my finances. Me not working on Saturday says you're the one responsible for my finances and I don't have to worry about it. Wow. It's trust. That's yeah. good. It's trust. That's really good. If this is new to you and it's foreign, I want you to chew on it for a while. But if you feel in your heart that God's saying, hey, you need to move in this direction, anything you do after that point that goes in con- that isn't moving toward it, is fi- you're fighting the wind. Mm-hmm. You're just beating your hands in the air and exhausting yourself, and it's not going to get you anywhere because God is desperate to teach you. It's really not about you. I think, that about is, you. I think that is so good because you said it, trust. I think we, man, you could go a million different directions, but what does our culture really teach? Pick yourself up by your own bootstraps. You're responsible for you. The more hours you put in, climb the ladder, get the bonuses, get the whatever, fill in the blank, right? For, for like you said, with your business, I mean, you could just, I, you could work seven days a week if you really wanted to and just pile it up. And God's just kind of whispering in your ear, do you trust me? And to me, that is like a core. I mean, that's so core to the Sabbath. Do you actually trust me that I can run the universe and take care of you if you do, if you come and come away with me on the Sabbath? Yeah. And that's huge. Yeah, it, it really is. It's huge. And and 
So what is the benefit? The benefit is realizing I don't, I honestly don't have to stress out about my finances. I don't need to worry about that. Along with the tithing principle, which we can talk about at some point, because it's way more than 10% biblically. <laughs> right. But, but you may not. Oh, people just, would you don't want to listen. That. Don't yeah. listen to that podcast. But it's the idea is that, you know, it really isn't about me. Like when I don't have work lined up, I don't, it's not about me. I'm not the one responsible. I'm responsible to be obedient to God. And then he's the one who's responsible for providing. It's such a huge, especially if you're the provider of your family, like there's a lot of stress there. Mm -hmm. It's just such a huge release. It's like that. that's one of the blessings that you're not going to see when you're sitting in your house Saturday thinking, you know, I got this job that I could be doing right now. You're not going to see that blessing. Like it's not a physical thing in your hand, but it is just that piece of being able to say, I, I can sit here. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I don't have to worry about it. Mm-hmm. So one of the last questions that we did have is like, what's like a practical, and I think you kind of alluded to it, but what is one practical way where I could at least start in that journey? Like what's a first step or what What would you, if you're just saying, let's say I'm coming to this completely foreign, but I'm that person that you're talking about, like the Lord is really you know, kind of his Holy Spirit is working on me. Hey, I want you, I want to invite you into this. What would be like the the first two steps? Let's start there. Make it real practical. Yeah. Okay. So I will answer this in two ways. Okay. Okay. My first answer is going to be for those people who are listening that in your mind, you say, this is not possible. I can't do this. Okay. I can't do this. It's not possible. And so you're going to need some baby steps. So the first thing you can do is um, if you listened, if you haven't listened, you should listen to the appetizer episode for the Sabbath. Um, If you didn't listen, basically Moses, the the first thing called holy is the Sabbath. The second thing called holy is the ground where Moses comes and the bush is there. And God tells Moses, take off your shoes for the ground where you're standing is holy ground. And I've always thought of it until recently. Um, That was because he was a shepherd and so his shoes were going to be dirty and gross. And so he had to take those off to not bring the uncleanness. But then I was thinking, you know, he's wearing sandals. So... His feet are dirty. That's why they do the feet washing. His feet are dirty with the same stuff as what's on his shoes. So it's not the dirty, right? And as I was thinking about that, I was thinking what it is is God's asking him to remove the one thing that is separating him from his holiness, from the holy. So the, mm. if the ground is holy and the shoes are in between, remove it. So that the first thing that I would say is, what is the very first most logical thing that you have in your life that is removing you from the holiness of the day? I can't specifically speak to that, but you know, you already know. You already know. That's awesome. Um, That's good. That's a good first step. It's remove the most logical thing that is separating you from the holiness of the day. Step number one. Step number two is... Learn everything you can about what the scripture says about what Sabbath is. Read the scriptures. I have this list that I just read from earlier about what the Bible says. I can, I'll put that up. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. I'll put that up on the website or you can email me and I can send out that list and then you can kind of start going through that and start checking off stuff. Okay, so here's the next thing. Here's the next thing separating me. Here's the next thing. I'm still in that. You know, 18 years in, we're still removing our shoes, you know. Mm-hmm. So that's the most logical thing. And um, so just keep moving forward. Take something off. That's what I would say. For those of you who say this is not possible, that's the first response. But my second response is my more accurate, like truly, I really feel this response. And I see it in play is if all you're going to do is the minimum, then you're never going to really get there. If you don't come at it and say, 
I've got, I stood outside under the moon and said, I have to keep Sabbath. And for the next three or four months, my wife and I were miserable every Saturday because we're sitting in our house, not doing anything. We cut it all out. We mm-hmm. said, this is what God says. And so I'm going to do it. And we removed it all. And we were miserable because it takes so long to retrain your brain because you're sitting there thinking, I can't do this. I can't do that. I can't do this. I can't do that. And when God saw, but after we put in the effort and God saw that we were serious about our effort, like we invested in that, then the blessing just came and the blessing came. And and fast forward to now, like, we would never give up our Sabbath. We don't. I mean, people ask us to do stuff and we just don't do it because it's not worth it because what you lose is so not worth what you're going to gain. And so I would just say, if you cannot go all in, then do something. But I will tell you that doing something is going to take you so long to get to where you really get the benefit and the blessing Mm -hmm. of the Sabbath because you're only you're just getting a little piece and it's going to take a while and God wants you to be like this is his command this is one of the top, one of the 10 we talked about this is one of the 10 commandments <laughs> I'm in and I want to do it and I want to do it to the best of my ability as much as I understand it that's where you're really going to that's really what I would say. If I were to say something, this is what you need to do. That's what I would say. Yeah, but good. I know that it will turn off 95% of the people. Well, and remembering that there's there's grace for people that yes. we're, we're imperfect. We're not going to do this perfectly. So there is grace for people to... Yeah, so... That's a great point. So to lead us to like either probably a podcast we did previously, if you haven't listened to it about eternal life, um, it, it it's we live in such a heaven or hell like mentality, like oh, am I going to go to hell if I don't keep Sabbath? Or and that's not what God says. God says even in the Torah, He says, "I give these these are life and death, blessing and curses." It's blessing. It's just He's like, "There's blessing in this because I've wired you a certain way, and when you embrace that and you accept that, your life is better. Your life right now, not your eternal life when you die, to go to heaven. So if you're sitting there thinking I can't do this, and now I'm just going to go to hell, that's not it. It's not that. It's it's simply just okay. You're gonna f- you're you're gonna always feel like you're striving, though. You're gonna always feel exhausted. Mm-hmm. You're gonna always feel like no matter how hard I try, I can't just can't get it all together. But if we begin obedience to the Sabbath, then it will that will change. It will shift. And you're. Do you think? Do you think that's a great point? Do you think that's the 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 main push behind Hebrews four, where he says, "Enter into my rest." I, I don't know that could take us on a bunny trail, but but it's it's an invitation. I mean, I I think you remember uh, is that you uh, did we mention Abraham Heschel, Not the yet. book on Sabbath? Yeah, I but know. but to me that is there's a couple lines in that book that are just crazy good, where he's just saying, "Look, this is some this is a space in." A time in space where God is, where He's pulling His kingdom in, and we get to enter into that space with Him. Yes. And and Valerie Moody, one of my all-time favorite quotes is that, and of course she's talking to New Testament Christians. So she's saying, you know, on Sunday we go to the house of God, but on Sabbath God comes to our house. Yeah. And it's just that, like, wow, kind of yeah. moment. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. And on top of the blessing, it will it greatly changes your family dynamic. When for for husbands out there and fathers, like I had to do this men's retreat, which is one of the few reasons why I won't be home on a Friday night. And my five year old was very sad because he said, because he knew Daddy was going to be gone on Shabbat, and he said, "But that's the day Daddy plays with me." Like. Oof. Yeah, like wow, that my wife and my kids have my full attention and they know it. They know it. They count on it. Which is one of the blessings that's, you know, you just don't it's not written in scripture that you're going to it's going to bless your family, but that's one of the reasons why right. it's there. Right. So
Kevin, why don't you why don't you pray for us and we'll we'll close okay. this out. That'd be awesome. Lord, we just thank you for just the opportunity that you've provided for us weekly to enter into your rest and uh, in a profound way where we can turn all of our attention to you, knowing that it's not about striving, knowing that it's not about us, knowing that it's not about our own personal effort. So Lord, I just pray for anyone that would listen to this podcast, that it would be something that they would consider that, that they could enter into on a weekly basis and it could start to transform their own personal walk with you and their family life and uh, their finances and just their perception of what you've called us to. And we thank you for all of it in Jesus' precious name. Amen. We'll see you next week. know what to i know exactly what to do with the burrito in my freezer right now so it's good <laughs> thanks for listening to the whole testament if you liked what you heard please tell anyone you think might enjoy listening to look for us on apple podcasts and spotify While you're there, leave a rating and review. You can also find all our episodes on our website at thewholetestament.com. Next week, we continue our double helping of the Sabbath. So bring your appetites and clean your plates. We'll see you next time.